Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Core Leadership Podcast, a voice to college men at the crossroads of faith and campus life. My name is Kason Asher, and I'm the Director of Communications for Beta Upsilon Chi. Just like last episode, we are still on the Bucks Van Tour. Um, if you haven't listened to the last episode or you don't know what the Bucks Van Tour is, we're hitting up 18 different chapters over the course of a month in a big, nice van. It's been a ton of fun so far, and we still got quite a few chapters to go. So if you're not already following us on Instagram or Facebook, check us out and follow along with the van tour. Maybe we'll be coming to your chapter. Who knows? But without any further ado, here's your host, Gabe McKinney. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the Core Leadership Bucks podcast, where if you weren't deep in Bucks before, you will be now. That's amazing. Actual welcome. So surprise, that is not Gabe. I am Gabe, and I have a very special guest. Um so I have a very special guest with me on the podcast today who just gave an incredible intro for us. His name is Elijah McKinney, and he's actually my identical twin brother. And Elijah, why don't you say hey? Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, it's me, Elijah McKinney. Hopefully they don't get confused with the voices today. Yeah, it'd be awesome to have a visual component, but we'll try to make it really easy. It's me talking versus Elijah talking. We'll try our best to like make that easy on you listeners. <laughs> but we just thought it'd be really fun to bring my brother on. He has an incredible journey in college and bucks with me. We've gone from roommates to roommates, and he's just doing amazing right. things for the kingdom of God and for Jesus in North Dallas, uh, Texas area. So Elijah, I'm just pumped to have you on here. And it's really fun to bring my brother in. It's fun for Kaysen here to get to see you and be freaked out because we're more like clones than we are like twins. And so, yeah, maybe we'll put a picture somehow y'all can see us. So, Elijah, first, just tell us kind of who are you, where are you, what are you doing? Catch us up a little bit, even like how far are you out of college and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah, my name's Elijah McKinney. I graduated from A&M in 2016. Um, I was class of 15, so I had a little victory lap, and I have lived in Richardson since then, which is my hometown. It's where we were both from. I'm currently married. I got married February 15th, so right before COVID and shutting down and quarantine, um, and currently living in a one-bedroom apartment with my sweet wife and her dog, and I am coaching here in Richardson. I'm a coach at a place called CrossFit Richardson, which is a local gym. We could take the whole podcast and talk about snatch form and 400 meter PR times, but we're going to save that for uh, another time. Elijah has uh, incredible kind of thing he talked to me about was working your land is this concept that we want to talk about that he brought up. I think he heard it in an individual conversation, um, and I'm really excited to talk about that. But before we jump into that topic, Elijah, we would love to hear you share some of your just Buck's journey, your journey through college what you learned from leading in college, what you learned about yourself and about God. And so take us back, I guess, to even freshman year and kind of walk us through what was your Bucks journey? Uh, what was your leadership positions? Yeah, I think a theme that we will talk about in this podcast and that will kind of weave throughout my story is just the unorthodox journey that has taken place. And I think it did even start in college. You know, I went to community college right next to Texas A&M. It's called Blinn College. And I started there first for the first two and a half years before actually getting into A&M and going two and a half years. But that didn't stop me from joining Bucks. So my freshman year, I got involved 
because I had a young life leader in high school who was involved in it and stayed through all five years. Heard a lot about just service opportunities and community. So I jumped right in, tried to become chaplain. And because I was going to Blinn College, which was a community college full-time, there were some eligibility issues with me being chaplain. So that didn't work out, but got to jump in and serve as a cell group leader, as well as a cell group chair. So got to lead some guys within my own cell group and then got to lead leaders of cell groups. Um, and so I think I found a lot of community within Bucks, which has been really cool to see just that truth remain true as I've gone into Bucks as people talk about having guys in your wedding and having guys that you're close with. And I got to really see that both in and out of my cell group, I think in my, my five years of being a Bucks member. Uh, I learned a lot about this idea of just being vulnerable through honesty. And I think God taught me a lot about the idea of telling guys um, hey, you are forgiven. This idea of speaking forgiveness over men when sin has entered their lives and when they feel broken and when they're in a group being vulnerable, this idea of speaking real forgiveness is is super powerful. And so those are a few things that I, I think I learned that were really big that stuck out to me over my time in Bucks. And then there's also just a really cool way that guys have provided for uh, me and you, Gabe, especially for specifically for our our mom, if you want me to to kind of hit on that story as well. Yeah, I'd love, I'll just say before you do, Elijah, I think it's been awesome, your Bucks journey. Elijah did put in the the full five years, not just the four. He, he did that victory lap and he loved it. But every single year and semester, I think he was around guys at Texas A&M and Bucks, 250 guys. Elijah was taking this place of not necessarily the officer or the president or the chaplain. He, was, he kind of got eliminated from being chaplain because he was at Blinn. But he chose these other positions um, and really just was not like, hey, I'm not positional authority. I have the authority to be a servant and to love and to give my life away to individuals. And really, I just see men whose lives have been changed forever and who continue this day talk about how you've shaped them. And because of your like leadership on the ground, it has changed men's lives. So I think it's just a valuable point of your life that you'll talk about more how you've given your life away on a more of an individual, what would seemingly be a smaller second level leadership level, it's actually a higher, more important, powerful place to give away your life. So just wanna shout you out for that and say thanks for inspiring me to continue to do that and not just seek the high position power. But yeah, let's jump into what that story. It's really fun. We have a video about it somewhere on YouTube in the depths, but Elijah, why don't you share that quick story of kind of how we got blessed through Bucks at A&M and through some guys surprising us. Yeah, I'd love to. So Christmas break was right around the corner and we were just hanging out. Gabe, you and I both lived together with a few guys, some in Bucks, some not. And um, we had a knock on our door, didn't know who it was. We kind of yelled, come in. And then no one did. So we went up to the door, opened it. There's an envelope sitting on the ground and there's a lot of confusion, not really sure what was happening, picked up the envelope and then had just a bunch of cash in it, which we found out to be $2,000 of cash and, an, and a letter. And we looked in the letter and it said, uh, Dear Gabriel and Elijah, we love you guys. The Lord loves you guys. We want to bless you guys um, and give you this money so your mom can get a car this Christmas. I mean, so Bucks guys had probably realized we hadn't said much or talked about it, but they probably seen us riding bikes everywhere around campus. And it was just because we, we shared a car um, and then that car stopped working uh, with our mom. We shared that car. And so neither of us had a car 
and guys just were inspired and and decided to financially help us get our mom a sweet Christmas present. And so, but there's so much depth to that. So we give our mom this money, she gets a used car and she allows, it allows her to go to a job interview and she gets her first job in about 15, 16 years of being unemployed. And so, yeah, super, super crazy, super grateful because it just showed these guys wanting to support us and having more impact than I think they would have ever imagined. Our mom is still at that same job today uh, for a handful of years. She's been there now and, and it's allowing her to support herself and to, I think for her, give back to her kids and family in ways that she really did. Yeah, it's a huge blessing. Shout out to those Bucks guys. We still don't know who you are because you've never revealed yourself, but our mom is blessed by it. We're blessed by it. And I think for guys listening, um, just thinking of, I think that was a moment where we felt like Acts 2 and the the idea of church of people really giving and sharing and giving even in sacrifice was really awesome. Like I've never experienced an envelope of $2,000 from guys anonymously show up at our door. And so we just, I think it's an inspiration for guys that, hey, it's not you don't need like go far for your brothers, like go and be willing to sacrifice and be willing to like kind of just do wildly loving things that embrace the heart of Jesus for your brothers. Cause it's, it's like forever changed our family, right? Like bucks has forever changed our family. And that's what we hope um, we can do for one another and not just settle for like, Hey, we can pray for you and then walk away, but actually do things, um, really powerful things. So let's switch gears and let's talk to you, Elijah, about the topic you brought up, what you wanted to kind of share what I feel like is God's put on your heart, um, what you've lived out even as you've kind of had a an unorthodox career and journey, what it means to work your land or working your land. So what is that? Where does that come from? Why does that matter to college men right now? Yeah, so that kind of started at a friend's kitchen. We were sitting down having lunch together, talking about life and kind of my journey and... Um, he brought up this verse in Proverbs. It's actually in two places. It's in Proverbs 12, 11, and it is also in Proverbs 28, 19. And it essentially says, those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. And then the 28, 19 verse says, those who work their land will have abundant food again, but those who chase fantasies will have their fill of poverty. And so he he and I talked about this, and we talked about this idea of working your quote-unquote land and this idea that we have land around us to work, whether we believe it or not. I think a lot of us, even now, can be wondering, what's my next big job going to be? What's my next big relationship going to be? Um, I'm really chasing after this internship or this relationship. You know, just, just we're looking forward all the time and wondering, uh, when the big job, when the big career is going to come and start our our life of grandeur. But my friend and I were talking and we said, you know, what is what is the land that you have right now? I think a lot for a lot of us, it's that's family, that's parents, that's siblings that we can be reaching out to and loving. And I know for me that we had a we have a half brother who has been spirit like spiritually his his life has has been absent from the Lord. And just getting to realize like, hey, here's someone that I can reach out to and I can work that land. I can start investing into that relationship. Um, and then even just in my life, like, hey, where am I working right now? And right now it's coaching. And coaching has not been this full-time gig. 
during quarantine that has provided all of this lavish money and lifestyle, but it has been a place where I can, I can be faithful and I can invest into the people in that gym and try to make them better, both mentally and physically. And then just keep the list goes on. I mean, you just keep finding things that you say, like, what is, what is my land? What are the things that God has given me right now to be faithful to, to walk in and to work and try to invest in and make better rather than wondering what are the things that I'm not getting to do yet. And then that turns into bitterness or resentment towards what you're doing now, because it's not the next step or the dream that you, that you had. And so, and I don't think when that verse is chasing fantasies, I don't think that means you can't have dreams. You can't have vision. I think it's good to, to have that long-term, but I mean, I read a commentary that explain that idea as almost idleness, uh, the chasing fantasies. It's like, we can't just be idle and sitting and waiting for this, this big break or this big fantasy or dream to come upon us. It's this idea of taking action and working with what we already have. And so that's the kind of the big picture idea from that conversation, kind of taking over that verse and, and figuring out what it means to me. And, and that conversation was just really has been impactful now as I've gotten to have an unorthodox kind of post-grad life. Yeah, I think I think about like life doesn't happen in the past or the future. Life happens now, and where we trust God is is now, and where we work and be faithful is now. And we do trust Him with the future. And we look forward, but He says, "I renew you daily, and I give you daily bread." And so this very much presentness to, "Hey, where am I? What's my context? What's my land? And then who am I going to be in that? Like, who am I going to be as a steward of all the things God's given me where I am?" And that sounds like kind of the concept. But yeah, I'd love to hear you take it more practically. Elijah, you've shared the concept of it, the, the kind of scripture where it comes from and is birthed, but what is it meant for you on your ortho- unorthodox journey? A lot of guys are in college or coming out of college, and they're dreaming of taking over the world. They want to have a probably like somewhat sexy job or cool thing to say that they do, and some have unrealistic expectations that life's going to be this crazy, every day I have something awesome and epic to do, and sometimes we end up just life feels a lot more ordinary. And so I'd love for you to talk to that. How does it practically look like you to work your land? What do you do when life looks more ordinary than like supernatural and crazy? And how do you still hold on to the dreams while you work your land? Yeah, that's a great question. So for context, I think my first job out of college was was kind of cool. I mean, it was getting to go to Colorado and be a backpacking guide in the mountains and take people on backpacking trips. And I was just getting to to really just come alive, uh, which was which was so sweet. Uh, but then I came back to Richardson, came back home and and started working in an office as an intern with that same backpacking company and then also started working retail at a uh, bubble tea shop called Fat Straws. And I was a entry level employee coming out of college. And so some people might have seen that and said, like, what are you doing working this nine, ten dollar an hour job as you just graduated? But it was, I think, what the Lord was leading me in. And so I think Practically in those moments, those first couple of years out of college for me, I think practically there was a there was always a drive to work where I would before going in, I would take a deep breath and just ask the Lord to do what only He can and be kind of thankful for the opportunity that I got to have to work and get to be around people. And you know, like we said, it wasn't the most lucrative or magnificent job being back home, my hometown, working retail and just sitting in an office and working on my computer, but getting to build these relationships with with people back now, getting to build relationships with people that I never 
would have gotten to see through my college years, through Bucks, who did not run in a Christian circle, was was really sweet to see. And then additionally, I think practically with that work in my land and even in relationships over time, it's been it's been even small stuff, like when things aren't crazy, I'm not in the mountains of Colorado, but just kind of sitting around, especially in, in quarantine with COVID now is, I think it's phone calls. I think it's writing thank you notes. And so for example, I wrote our mom a thank you card for Christmas, um, just letting her know how thankful I was and just appreciating everything she's done for us. And then that's also been another thing I've done is phone calls, phone calls to friends once a week, just small things that maybe at first wouldn't seem to have the biggest impact. But I think over time with consistency, just being able to do small things like that have been ways to just work the land of relationships. And so those are some examples that I think are practical and easy to start with. And even, uh, I, you know, I listened to a few of these podcasts before hopping on and, and heard about the idea of writing out your roles and writing out the things that you are committed to right now. And then to kind of say, hey, what's one thing I can do to try and make this better this week or this month or this year? What are, what are something that I can personally do that's small or big to impact the places that I'm at and the people that I interact with? And so tell me more, I know Elijah, you're my brother, so I know we're way too similar and we both had these big dreams. At college, we talked about like, we want to move to another country. We want to live in a, live out of a van. We want to start nonprofits and just kick Satan's face. Like all these just ridiculousness, right? We were just huge dreamers. Probably still at night, I know when I lay down and probably you lay down, it's like just dreams are popping up. And I know you look around and it's easy to take, see other people doing maybe some things you wish you were doing. So, I mean, how have you, it hasn't been easy for you, right? Like I know that has, there's difficult times, what it means to work your land. It's difficult moments and there's moments of comparison and there's moments of envy. So, I mean, how is it practically or how have you stayed faithful and said, thank you, God, for the land I have and let me keep working it. Let me trust you step by step and not become frustrated or embittered or anything else. Yeah, I think I still do dream all the time and have dreams when I, when I lay down, I just start thinking about all the things that I want to do and I haven't done. And, and yeah, it has not been a hundred percent easy. I won't, I won't, don't want to lie and say every day I'm waking up and, and being super optimistic and saying, yes, this is exactly where I want to be. So there have been difficult times and times where I've doubted or wondered, or maybe even chased, tried to chase fantasies and it hasn't worked out. But I think just over time when I reflect, being able to, one, I think, see the impact that the Lord has has had through conversations and through opportunities that I've gotten to serve has been a really sweet reminder of, hey, you are having impact and you are where you're supposed to be right now. I think, you know, there's examples of at Fat Straws in my retail career, just getting to start off having conversations with people that I never would have run into, you know, people who didn't believe in marriage, people who were in same-sex relationships, and getting to really just learn about having authentic conversations with people there. And then also getting to see sweet spots, like getting to open a store in Richardson and getting to lead a crew of high school kids and really getting to tap into 
leadership and getting to impact people and have conversations and be, be kids first boss. Um, and so I think God has allowed me to see little pockets of impact and say, Hey, I want to show you that even if you don't feel like what you're doing is exactly what you're supposed to, or maybe the thing you were most passionate about in college, I want to show you that you're still having impact and I'm going to give you evidence that you are exactly where you need to be right now. And I think I've also had a, had a support system of people, of friends, bosses, um, and even you, Gabe, the people that I've gotten to talk to, and I think you have helped either remind me or encourage me when I can't see the impact that I'm having or wondering if what I'm doing is is having any impact at all that you guys have have spoken into me and, and let me see the bigger picture. You know, I thought about this idea of this parade, I talked to my old boss and we talked about the idea of a parade where you are maybe afloat in the parade and you're in it and you only see what's around you and, and maybe you see that certain things aren't working or maybe things don't look right. But then if you can get taken off of that float and get put up in the bigger picture, kind of up in the sky and you can see just the beauty of the entire parade happening around you and seeing things lining up and seeing people being impacted and seeing the beauty that's happening, it allows you to to have a little bit more perspective once you jump back onto the float and keep and keep riding it out and and so and parades don't move fast you know floats move slowly and but they're definitely going somewhere and there's there's a journey along the way that's so good that's great elijah it's fun to hear i mean i've watched it we live it together but it's fun to share with everyone else what you're doing what god's been doing and what elijah's not even sharing is i mean he went back home after college to a home where like elijah and i weren't a go home people Um, We were much more explore people and he's been at home working. He worked in retail and gave up holidays and gave up time with friends to serve this company and these people. He's got to open up this store. He got to connect in the city of Richardson and he just knows families and he walks around that city and people say hi to him. He knows him. He knows business leaders. He's really just become part of the like flow, the undercurrent of Richardson, Texas, and is really just trying to speak and live and act like Jesus into that city. I think it's a huge like lesson and powerful thing of like with with consistency does come some like extra power and extra ability to influence and extra ability to speak into the people you know. The deeper you know a place and a people, the better you can love them. And I think Elijah, you've committed yourself to these people, whether you've wanted to or not. Sometimes it's been you've wanted to, sometimes God's made you stay there through fat straws, through CrossFit Richardson, through even some joblessness, through jumping into like a bike shop working there for a month. Elijah just jumped around a lot, but he said, hey, I'm going to say thank you and I'm going to work my land. Say, God, this is this is land from you. It's not someone else's. This is all yours. So I'm just going to give it back to you and work it. So I just want to make sure that's heard and honored and really emphasize to college guys like, hey, don't wish away an opportunity to serve the Lord and trust in him right where you are. Commit your way to the Lord and do good. Psalm 37 says that. So just wanted to Really emphasize that for you, Elijah, just to honor you as a leader in what you're doing in Richardson and that God's going to keep using you he already has. And for other guys who maybe feel confused or uncertain about the place they find themselves to know that, hey, there, it's a struggle, but there's hope. And God is, is, so, is so much a God who's in the ordinary and extraordinary. And where a lot of us find ourselves is there. And Elijah, I guess, tell me to summarize on this just like kind of leadership journey what is what is kind of this leadership journey taught you about God and yourself? If you could kind of summarize maybe what recently you've thought about that, of what he's been teaching you through all of this. Yeah, I think 
one of the big things you mentioned is is about God is he is a he's a connector of people and God wants to connect people of all different kinds of walks and different backgrounds and just the value of authenticity and of story you know I thought back to my conversations I've had in the backpacking world in the retail world in the bike shop world and now in the in the gym and it's it's tons of different people and I think God has has allowed me to really embrace this idea. The story of the woman of the well is what I think about in John 4, 39. She's, it says many of the Samaritans from that town believed um, in him, Jesus, because of the woman's testimony, not just because of what like the gospel is, but because of how it impacted her. And so just being able to see God use connection of via story, you know, people's stories, I think, can communicate his redemption and his work. I've seen that a lot. And I've also just along the journey for myself, I've learned that I am, I am, you know, merely just a servant. I think a lot about first Corinthians three, and it talks about this idea, you know, it says, it says, what after is Apollos? What is Paul? They're just servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. And we can almost fill in our names in there. You know, what after all is Elijah and what is uh, Gabe? The only servants who you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. And so God has shown me, you know, I've assigned, I've assigned you tasks, uh, whether it is your college degree, whether it is that one class that you're taking right now, whether it is your marriage, whether it is just that internship that you didn't want to get, but you ended up having to take because it was the only one left. And I've assigned you this task and I want you to to just invest in it and to see what happens. And I want you to try to bring the best out in it. I want you to become the culture that you want uh, others to see and, uh, and what you want that culture to become, like you embrace that and bring it into wherever you're going. And so that's a few things that God, I think, has taught me about himself and about myself through this wild journey. And I've been really grateful for God being just gracious to show me you know, at times the impact that we're getting to have in, in different places. And like you said, I'm super humbled and, and honored that I have gotten to know people in Richardson and have gotten to connect with parents, with kids, with people my age, and, and just getting to see, even looking back of having guys in Bucks who reached out and said, hey, our cell group is, has forever been changed because of the things that you did when I didn't even realize what I was doing. And so super honored, super humbled, super grateful to to see and to kind of get to really hear the impact that that I got to have in, in sync with the Lord. Yeah, Elijah got to really build up some incredible leaders, but now they all fear him because his snatch and clean and jerk are so are so high. <laughs> he can lift so much. <laughs> um, we can, hey, let's do some final kind of questions for you, Elijah, that maybe is a little bit away from work your land, but still maybe can can work into that. So maybe tell me, what would you go back and tell yourself in college? Yeah, I thought about that question even yesterday. It's funny, me and my wife were talking about that. And I think I would go back and tell College Elijah, like, hey, everything that you're doing, like it's better better done than perfect is something that I learned recently that I've taken to heart a lot is this idea of like, I think there were times where I was worrying if I was doing the perfect thing or trying to maybe plan out the perfect way to have this idea of loving someone or putting action into bucks or whatever. And, and, and I've learned that like, you just need to keep taking action and just keep doing, just keep loving, even if you don't know exactly how it's going to pan out, 
and don't worry about it being this perfect wrapped up in a bow gift for someone but just like it's better done than perfect so go just go do it was probably the biggest thing that i would i would tell myself in college next question what is god teaching you right now what are you embracing and resisting um two big things that i've recently been learning from the lord i think the idea of small moments with him are always worth it and they're always good even if it doesn't seem that way you know it's felt like even though covid may have slowed things down that days keep moving fast and so even being able to take two to five minutes to get to sit and take some deep breaths and to get to either uh, listen to the lord or get to listen to a worship song or get to say a small prayer but this idea of you know these really small moments with god every day consistently can just can lead to a big change in my heart and a change in the way I live versus not worrying about always having to have a 30 minute sit down, read this specific passage, jot down these specific notes. But sometimes it can just be little moments that are quality driven over quantity driven. And then another thing I've learned, I think being married for about 11 months, almost a year, we're coming up on it soon, February. Yeah. Yeah, is this idea, you know, of of cherishing versus loving. And so I know this is, there's maybe college guys out there who are either trying to get engaged or dating seriously. And, and something that I've learned from being married that I didn't know before was, was there is a difference between loving and cherishing, you know, we say to love and to cherish and, and the love part is talked about a lot. And I think we know a lot about self-sacrificial love, but there's also the idea of, of cherishing and putting your significant other in a spotlight and getting to let them shine. And so it's something that, that God has taught me. That's I think more, more relational and pertinent to, to me and my life being married right now. Um, and then resisting, embracing, resisting. I think I'm trying to resist the urge to jump on to the phone and kind of like dive into screen time. I think it's easy at the end of a day, a work day, a school day, whatever to, to default to our, phones, whether it's social media, whether it's just surfing through the web, whatever. I think it's easy for us to embrace, easy for me to embrace that, especially at night. So I'm trying to honestly resist that more to allow myself better habits. Because at the end of the day, when I when I look back, there are things that I wanted to get done that I may not have gotten done earlier because I just got caught up in, in default mode. And so I've tried to get better about writing down uh, we're making notes of things that I, hey, what can I do when I have free time? So that way I'm not just picking up my phone and, and, and adding to my screen time numbers. And so, yeah, maybe embracing the things I want to do more and resisting that screen time for sure. A little bit of a social dilemma life, just taking that to heart and just destroying the, the phone rule over your life. Saying the the heel of, you, of endless YouTube videos of... NBA replay matches and all those things. Get it out of here. I know that <laughs> a lot of you know all about that. What's one of the best pieces of media or book or album, something you consumed in 2020? What would you say is one of your favorite things you, you consumed in 2020? I would call it almost a cultural artifact. Hmm. I would say, you know, you said album. I think about there was an album I listened to by a guy named Chris Renzema. 
kind of like all of his songs are are very good. He he has a great just slew of songs that are very theological. It's very nice to listen to. So that was a huge huge impact on me. I think I you know I, I have Spotify and went on my my year in review and I think one of his a few of his songs were were at the top of the list and so just the evidence I think showed that that had a big impact on me. So there are a couple other resources too. You know, I, I think I, I love music. Uh, I know people out there love music. I know you love music. And and I know there's a church here in Dallas called The Upper Room. And they had an album that they did in in conjunction with Maverick City Worship and just some sweet, sweet worship. Uh, so if you, if you love music, if you love connecting to the Lord through music, those are two albums that have really just, uh, you know, transformed my, my walk with the Lord. I think other smaller, smaller resources, you know, there was a pause app. I think you and I had a conversation about it back in the day. John Eldridge, who is a big author in the spiritual realm, has an app called the pause app. And it would allow for one minute, three minute, five and 10 minute pauses where you're just going to sit and have scripture read over you and have questions asked where you get to meditate and think. And I think that was really helpful amidst quarantine and amidst just a few months of feeling without purpose or direction spiritually for a while. Um, and so those are three big resources. I know you said there, I don't think you said there might've been just one, but throwing a lot out there, trying to give as many resources as possible. And then a couple more, I think there's a book called Common Prayer that a friend of mine gave gave to me, gave to us back in the day. Uh, it was his wedding gift to the groomsmen and it's a giant kind of devotional book with a little bit more liturgy, a little bit more diving into historical events. Um, it shines a lot of light on stuff that I think we wouldn't otherwise hear about. And then, of course, I think if guys go back after this podcast and want something to read that's that's shorter, just Proverbs 12, you know, I think going and reading that whole chapter, that's where I, I got the verse we talked about today. And I think there's a lot of good just contrast of, you know, righteous and unrighteous and how to live you know that's what proverbs is all about and i think the the chapter chapter 12 kind of gives a really nice short little summary awesome thanks elijah for all of that final fun question would you which one would you give up first if you had to chipotle bowls or crossfit oh man that's tough i would probably say crossfit man we love chipotle we had it at our, we had it at our wedding it's just a staple go-to food and so I could always find another athletic endeavor to pursue, but uh, Chipotle would, would be tough to give up, I think. That's right. That's a, that's a great answer. It's what I needed to hear. <laughs> I needed to have some faith in this world. Well, Elijah, I love you, man. You're my brother from day one. You would be a day one, a main, no new friends right here, Elijah McKinney. I really hope, Elijah, I feel like you're just someone who's causing flourishing around you, regardless if you're rising the ranks that looks like, oh, I'm the CEO, or I'm this president, or I'm moving towards partner. You're not necessarily doing all that, but I think you're succeeding so much in the kingdom of God and spreading the name of Jesus and loving and serving people regardless of where you find yourself. So thank you for sharing your journey. Thanks for sharing what it means to work your land. College men, I pray that you are able to go and work your land. It inspires you to do that. Thanks again for joining us for an episode of the Core Leadership Podcast. We'll see you all next time.
Hey there, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Core Leadership Podcast. My name is Kason, and I'm the producer of this podcast, as well as the director of communications for Beta Upsilon Chi. I'd like to take this last moment to talk about Bucks and who we are. We are a lifelong brotherhood of committed Christian men seeking the bonds of brotherhood and unity in Christ through the avenue of a social fraternity on a college campus. Our founding verse is Psalm 133.1. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. You can find out more about Bucks, information on joining, or even founding a chapter on your campus at byx.org. You can keep up with us on social media at Beta Upsilon Chi on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thanks again, and we'll see you in the next one.